Hello, hello. Welcome back to But You Don't Look Sick. My guest today is a fellow breast cancer survivor, Kelly Thomas. I'm happy to have Kelly on today to shed light on a different form of breast cancer. I think when people hear breast cancer, they automatically think that everybody is diagnosed with the same form of breast cancer, but it actually doesn't work like that. There are so many different forms of breast cancer. For example, I was diagnosed with stage 2B, triple positive, invasive ductal carcinoma, and DCIS. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Um, Triple positive meaning I was positive for estrogen, progesterone, and HER2, so very hormone-driven breast cancer. The HER2 gene is a protein called human epidermal growth factor. Um, It's a protein that promotes the growth of cancer cells. So one in about every five breast cancers, the cancer cells have extra copies of the gene that makes the HER2 protein. So HER2 positive breast cancers tend to be more aggressive when present than other types of breast cancers that are not HER2 positive, um, especially when diagnosed in young women. But There are targeted treatments specifically for the HER2 gene that are very effective. So that's just one diagnosis, my diagnosis, but everyone is totally different and their journey through breast cancer is different. So Kelly is here today to share her journey with triple negative breast cancer. Her positive outlook on life despite being diagnosed with a very aggressive form of breast cancer is nothing short of inspirational. She has also poured her positivity and advocacy into building a community for women specifically diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So let's listen to her story. All right. Thank you, Kelly, so much for being here today and being willing to share your story. I following you on Instagram. You are like just a ball of energy that I want to just have around me all the time. You're so positive, so honest, so real. Um, But I know, and you know that all of that positivity doesn't come on its own. It comes from a lot of pain and being grateful for what you've gone through to get where you are. So can you tell us a little bit more about your journey just in the last two years um, and kind of how you've gotten to where you are now and able to share everything that you share? Well, first of all, where have you been all my life? Because (laughs) I feel like you are like my sister that I should have had in the brunt of this two years ago. Um, Yeah, so quickly, my name is Kelly Thomas. I am a stage 3C triple negative breast cancer thriver. Um, I was diagnosed in January 2018, as well as many stories you'll probably hear. No breast cancer history in my family. Mm -hmm. No new, no known gene mutations either. So this was kind of like, what is happening? Is this, is this real? Is this really happening to me? Yeah. (laughs) How did you find out or how did you find your breast cancer? What was kind of your process of going through that? So what was really interesting is um, I was actually a volunteer of the American Cancer Society way before uh, having breast cancer. And actually, my grandmother um, ran a American Cancer Society uh, chapter in uh, her really small town in South Carolina. 
So I've, you know, known about ACS and Relay for Life and all the wonderful things that they do, you know, and I I helped uh, at their breast cancer walk every October. And, you know, I was one of those people that went to all their doctor's appointments. You know, my mom always said I was extra. Like if I felt something, I'm like, this isn't right. I need to go to the doctor right now. And yeah. She's like, oh my God, you're fine. And my mother comes from a family that you're fine. And, yes. you know, you, you don't need medicine, just, you know, my grandmother was extremely holistic, like, oh, you need a green tea for that, and, you know, that <laughs> sort of thing. So, you know, you go to your doctors, and they tell you, you know, you're gynecologist, you're a PCP, and they're just like, you know, check your your uh, your breasts every month, and, you know, mm-hmm. for mumps and bumps and all that sort of thing. So I always did something like that, especially... Um, since I was such an, uh, you know, hardcore for ACS's uh, yeah. walk, I, I participated in every year. And, you know, I would check myself in the shower and, you know, never felt anything. And one day um, I, I had breakfast with my husband and I sit down and I fold my arms and I find a massive lump on my left breast, not a small one, a massive one. It was like the size of a golf ball. And I touched wow. it. I touched the left side, I touched the right side, and I touched the left, I, and I tell my husband to touch it, I was like, that was never there before, and I just, I just cry, because I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm becoming one of the, uh, it's breast cancer, I, I know it's breast yeah. cancer, and I'm going to become one of these women that I, I, I fight so hard for, and I rally so hard for, I'm becoming, I'm going to get on the other side of this, Yeah. and so, um, make an appointment with my gynecologist and I probably should have like urged some urgency in this. And they were like, Oh, the next time we can get you in is like three weeks. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like, what do I know? Like I've never had breast cancer. Um, I was 33 at the time. And um, you know, everyone that I, you know, I didn't tell a lot of people when when I felt it because I'm like, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. And I, I told like my, my great aunt, who's very close to me and my mom and my sister and my sister had benign lumps and she even, she, she still has them. And she was like, mm-hmm. let me touch them. Uh, and so I was like, oh, that kind of feels like mine. Okay. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. And everyone's telling you it's not breast cancer. We don't have breast cancer in our family. And yep. then I did the dreaded Google search. Oh yes. What? <laughs> I'm so glad I did. And you're, you're never going to hear anyone say, oh, thank God I looked it up on Google because Google told me three things. Google told me um, uh, cancerous tumors, breast cancer tumors don't hurt. Mine hurt like a mother. Uh, young women don't get breast cancer. And mm-hmm. if you don't have it in your family, you have nothing to worry about. Oh, it's like three for three, baby. And then <laughs> I was, and then I find out that all those things were wrong. But you know, at yeah. the time I was like, okay, I feel good. Cause my anxiety was like going at like 200 miles an hour. Yeah. I go to my OB who I just love so much. He's close in age. So she not once diminished what I was feeling. And she was right. like, it could, it could be benign fibroid. Let's get it checked out. Uh, I remember walking in and they said, uh, the girls at the front were like, what are you doing here? You're so young. And I'm like, yep. Where do I go? Well, what papers yeah. do I sign? <laughs> what do I need to do? That's nice that you find that I'm so young, but here I am. 
Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I I went into that appointment being like, yes, let's do this. I got nothing to fear. I had like my whole family like, we don't have breast cancer in our family. I'm like, yes, I'm putting all my chips in that basket. Yes. And I put the gown on and I'm like, waterworks. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is happening. This is real. I uh, they start to do the mammogram. Mm-hmm. The first image she goes. They don't they don't like what they're looking at. The doctor doesn't like what we're looking. He's looking at already. And I'm like, and, you know, you ever get in that moment where, like, you want to cry, but it's not an appropriate place to cry. And so you're trying really, really hard to control yourself. Yeah. And as soon as she said the doctor didn't like this, we have to do it all over again. I just explode. And yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to keep it together. And this is like, you know, I, you go to these appointments by yourself and it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. They have me go across the hall to ultrasounds and um, doctor comes in and was like, Whatever this is, it's got to go. Um, and don't worry um, if it's if it's breast cancer, it's totally treatable these days. And I was like, why are we saying the C word already? Why are we saying the C word already? This is terrifying. Oh. And so they're they're um. I then one of the scary moments then was they grab the wand on my left breast and they go one two, raise your arm. Three, four, five. We're looking at five masses. And I'm like, <gasps> nobody told me I had to look under my armpit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So as soon as I walk out of that appointment, my phone rings, and it's my gynecologist, which you know, your doctor calls you that fast. Oh, yeah. It's no bueno. Yeah. And she's like, they, they want to biopsy this immediately. Let's let's get the ball rolling on this. And I'm like, OK, so at the time I, I'm an assistant manager uh, of, of a bank and mm-hmm. I let my manager know. And I'm like, uh, this is going on. You know, I got to get this done. And so like within like a day or so um, I go back. But I'm like absolutely dreading like I'm the kind of person that like I never had anything really detrimentally wrong with me. Yeah. Uh, I yep. never had surgery. I never had stitches. You know, I, <laughs> I was, I was a, a gymnast and a cheerleader and I did and softball and dance and did all that stuff. Um, I, you probably don't, can't tell that from my personality that I, <laughs> I was a cheerleader, but, um, you know, like I've sprained muscles and stuff, but I never really broke anything that needed, right. you know, a needle inside of me. Yeah. But I have to say, um, they were absolutely fantastic, but when I went into that room, there's that image again of that large, largest mass I had was 3.3 centimeters. And um, I took a photo of it and I was like, yeah. there's something to this. It's 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 dark and, and, and evil looking. And I'm like, I, yep. I got to take a picture of this. And we did the biopsy and it was and, and the doctor was wonderful, made sure I didn't feel a thing. And um, I had to wait six days. I waited six days to find out that I had cancer when I'm like, you know, oh, girl, I read I've... stories and, you know, I'm like, everyone is finding out the next day and they started chemo the next day. And I'm like, yeah, no. oh, no, I waited. <laughs> I had to wait almost three months, <gasps> three months. They 
screwed up my first biopsy. It was damaged in transit. No. And it, yes. And it took them so many days to come back and tell me that it was damaged in transit. The cell, so they go in and do a core needle biopsy. That one comes back. They said the samples were too small, inconclusive for breast cancer. Okay. Got to go back in for a third time. Like I was lose, I was legit on the verge of a mental breakdown because I was just like, "How can we be? We are. Dr- I'm gonna die. Like that's what my even, mentality. Don't even blame the, you. The same thing as you. I was like, re, you know, I was on Google and it was like I was diagnosed on a Thursday and by the next Friday I was starting chemo and I was like, everybody what? else, everybody yeah. else, but us, right? Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean, like? And I'm, you know, my, my whole family is ready to uproot my entire life. Like my, you know, my, uh, my in-laws are like, we're moving you to Penn state. We're going to get you like, we're moving. You. My dad's like, Kelsey, I'm coming out there. I'm going to grab you. We're taking you to the Mayo clinic. today. Oh, like, what are you saying? You know, it just, but I, yeah. the whole time I was like trying to hold out hope. And it was the same thing as you. I saw that image on you know, on the mammogram, they took the exact same thing. The first time she looked at the mammogram, she was like, has anybody ever told you that you have dense breast tissue? I was like, no, I'm, I'm 30. I'm, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. I've never had a mammogram. I don't know what that means. No, I don't What's dense breast tissue. And then she's like, we're going to take three more images. Well, we're going to take three more images. And I was like, could you get something out of these nine? Because I'm, I'm dying here. Like, mm. uh, like we need to figure this out. It was, it was, but I mean, it was just crazy to me that I kind of let it go on. You know what I mean? Like I was just kind of like, well, this must be the way that it happens because what do I know? I've never had breast cancer. Nobody in my family has had breast cancer. So I have nobody to ask like, well, what was the process? What was the, how long did it take? Like I had nothing to compare it to. I was mm-hmm. also trying not to tell anyone because I was yes. like, I yes. don't want to tell. I don't want to tell my whole family. You know what I mean? It was like I told my mom after like that this was going on, and I was like, don't tell anybody else because we don't know for sure. It could be just like you. It could be. It could be anything. Like, and, and that's what the doctors were saying too. Let's hold out. You know, it could be so many other. It could be a benign tumor. Blah blah blah. So I was like, we're just gonna keep trucking along until we have a definitive answer. But that felt like it was going to take forever. I should also, I should also include, I had a kidney stone that (laughs) would not leave my body the same time I was dealing with this. Oh my God. So this was my second kidney stone I ever had in my life. And I felt that I've had this kidney stone for like over a month and I was in so much pain and I felt like that kidney stone goes, girl, there's something going on and I ain't leaving until you figure it out. And it was just like, Oh God, you know, um, <laughs> girl, so, this is like, Oh my God, your story. Like that was me. Like, that's how I got diagnosed. I was having blood clots in my leg. I don't have fucking same thing I was I was athletic I was always active like healthy had four healthy pregnancies like not one thing but then all of a sudden 29 years old I'm having random blood clots and nobody's doing anything about it everybody's like you're young you're healthy they send me home nobody's 
doing blood tests. Nobody is doing anything like to look and see. And then lo and behold, like when I finally got to my oncologist and looking through my medical history, he was like, you have a history of blood clots. I was like, well, no, just in that one fucking leg. <laughs> Be sure. Like try, cause I went to multiple doctors. Nobody. Wow. That's terrible. So he was like, like, you know, blood clots in young people, especially under 30, um, our underlying cancer, like they should always be investigated for underlying cancer. And I was like, well, yeah, can you go tell all the other doctors that I saw? Like that that's, that's standard procedure because, and it was like, my body was trying to tell me something is going on. Something is happening. And like, yes, yes. And I wasn't, I was just, I legitimately thought I was crazy. Like I am a full believer in that full believer. Yeah. I mean, it came down to me having a dream that I had breast cancer for me to give myself a breast exam. And then I found the lump. Oh my God. But it was like, I had a dream. Yes. It was like, because I came home from the hospital. I came home from the ER with now my second blood clot and they didn't, they didn't do anything. Like there was, they just were like, you're fine. You're like, go ahead and go home. And I got home and I felt so defeated. And I had a dream that I had breast cancer, woke up in the middle of the night, felt my breast again, thought I was clinically insane at this point because I'm like, Oh my God, there's a spot. There's a mask. I wake up my husband. I'm like, Oh my God, I have breast cancer. And he was like, you're fucking crazy. And I'm just like, no, no, I had a dream. And he's just like, he, at that point, he's like, we're, we're, we're losing, we're losing you here. Like this is yeah. getting to be too much. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like our bodies in so many ways are trying to tell us, tell that us. we don't, Absolutely. we don't put the pieces together. Absolutely. Um, so, so I, I do the biopsy that tell me six days. I'm like, okay, I go back to work. I am healing over in pain from this darn kidney stone in my body so bad and I'm like I go to my manager and I was like I I gotta go to the hospital like I I I can't physically I can't stand up straight I can't be presentable in front of customers I I I can't do anything yeah so I it so happens to be day six it is the day I'm supposed to find out my biopsy results and I go and the hospital down the street from my job is one of the top teaching hospitals in New Jersey so very Mm -hmm. happy to have them so close by right um they I tell them what's going on and they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna give you a uh an x-ray and we're gonna see how close this stone is gonna hit your bladder and and what exactly needs to to go on and um so I you know they they start to give me medicine so I don't feel anything and Mm -hmm. um they wheel me out of the room and they do the scan. I come back and I sit back in the room and I look at my phone and I have a missed phone call from oh my God. doctor. And she's like, Hey Kelly, it's uh, you know, it's your doctor. Give me a call back. And I was like, Oh great. She sounds like she's happy. You know, <laughs> this is going to be wonderful. And um, she calls me and she's like, you have a form of breast cancer. And I'm like, okay. You know, you know, people get breast cancers and they're fine, you know, like, you know, uh, and she's like, you need to see a breast surgeon immediately. And I'm like, what am I going to be okay? You need to see a breast surgeon 
immediately. And her happy tone all of a sudden got really serious. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I hope you don't mind, but I know I work with an excellent breast surgeon here at the hospital. <clears throat> and um, I already made an appointment for you. I hope you're not mad at me. And I'm like, no, I could never be mad at you for that reason. I I, I don't know the first thing about cancer or breast cancer or what to do yeah. or who to go to or whatever. So um, I, I start making a bunch of notes because I'm like, I'm not going to. And I'm like, in ductal, uh, yep. ductal carcinoma. I was like, carcinoma. Oh, my God, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like writing all this stuff down. And yep. um. And so I get off the phone with her and the doctor comes in and they're like, the kidney stone is almost in your, your bladder right now. But we need to tell you, um, we, we saw a mass on your breast on, on the scan. And, um, but you know, don't worry, like 80% of breast tumors are are benign, Mm -hmm. not breast cancer. And I was, and I was like, I just got the call. I have breast cancer. And they were like, Oh my God, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. The nurse comes in the room and she's like, did they tell you what they saw on the scan? I was like, yeah, I was like, I just got the call that I have breast cancer. And she, without hesitation, jumps in the hospital bed with me and she goes, I was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma. Stage four. That's the last stage. (laughs) <laughs> Look at me. I'm here with you. And she just started yeah. holding me and hugging me and gave me her phone number if I ever need anything. And, you know, I, I didn't call that woman and I wish I did, yeah. but like, I will never forget, like that yeah. was the start of my journey. And I had this woman just kick her shoes off and jump in the hospital bed with me. And like, it, it was, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never. Yeah. That's incredible. I called my husband and he just raced home and, you know, the whole like crying in my arms. And I'm like, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know, I have no idea what's going on and absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I mean, and you were diagnosed with a different form of breast cancer than I think a lot of people, even in the breast cancer community, talk about. Everybody talks about her too positive, her too positive, um, simply because I think the newest drugs have come out targeting her too positive breast cancer. But you were triple negative. Yes. Um, can which... you explain? Can you explain more? Because I feel like even in the breast cancer community, so many people don't know how many different forms of breast cancer and how just because you're diagnosed with the same form of breast cancer does not mean that you'll go through the same treatment. I mean, there are so many things that go into a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, it's not a blanket thing and breast cancer is not a blanketed thing. So can you explain more about triple negative breast cancer and why you're so vocal about triple negative breast cancer? So triple negative Breast cancer is seen as the most aggressive form of breast cancer out there. Um, basically, when you get diagnosed and they, they test a breast cancer cell, um, it's got three receptors on it, uh, yeah. estrogen, progesterone, and HER2, which is a growth factor. Yeah. And if any of those receptors come up positive, they can have a drug target 
that that receptor and slow down the progression of that cancer. With triple negative, all of our receptors test uh, negative. And so they don't know what is fueling our cancer. Yeah. And it's very hard to um, to really come up with a, an exact uh, protocol uh, yeah. treatment for us. Um, we we have the the highest recurrence rates and the lowest survival rates with uh, recurrence at about 2.8 years after diagnosis. So mm-hmm. um, it's really scary. Uh, yeah. I, when I I sat down with my first oncologist and he um he's not my oncologist anymore for <laughs> for a specific reason um he drew up what triple negative is and what my treatment plan is and um we're gonna hit the ground running on this and we're gonna be really aggressive because your cancer is really aggressive and you're gonna do uh, uh 16 rounds of chemotherapy and you're going to do surgery and you are going to do radiation um and then my doctor looks at me and he says, people die from what you have. And I'm like, what? Oh. Like, no, no, I'm like, not me. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And finding this lump, I thought we caught this early. Like, I always checked myself. Yeah. And they're like, it's at least stage three. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the, that's almost four. I, I can't have, no, I, no, this has got to be like stage one, right? Please. No. Yeah. No. Stage three C. I, I caught this just in time. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it, it's hard. So like for those of us that hear the, that news, you have triple negative breast cancer and we go mm-hmm. to Google and we type in triple negative breast cancer it is the most horrific thing you can do it is gut-wrenching um triple negative breast cancer uh affects only 15 to 20 percent of breast cancer cases it normally goes after young women under 40 mm-hmm. um it also goes after um uh black women hispanics and latinos okay. and also BRCA1 carriers. Wow. Uh, I was under the age of 35, and then they say women that are diagnosed with breast cancer, especially TMBC, under the age of 35 have a poor prognosis. And women that are overweight at diagnosis have a poor prognosis. And that was me. I was overweight diagnosis. I was 33 at diagnosis. And so like reading these things like really shook me to my core and yeah, it's a lot. You're just, yeah. And you're just, it, it's like, you're just adding it all up. And I remember like, I'm like Miss Positive, you know, like I, I, I was assistant manager and my job was, I went to different offices and I got the employees to meet their sales goals because I would pump them mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Like turn that cheerleader for the football <laughs> team for the cheerleader of, you know, 
mortgages. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I swallowed this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. There's got to be people out there that, that are thriving. Right. That's a triple negative. And I found none. I found stories about people that doing great. And then it went to their lungs and then their brain and then they're done. Yeah. And YouTube is uh, full of these stories where these people are like doing good and then they're in the hospital and then they're like, yeah. their, their husbands are coming on. They're like, they're no longer with us. And I was like, no, 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 absolutely yeah. not. Um, and so I decided like without hesitation. So like I'm a journalist at heart. I was, when I was in high school, I was on the newspaper and I wrote for the, I did the yearbook editing and I did all this stuff. And when I was 16 years old, I had a zine and I interviewed bands. So like when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was like, I'm documenting this, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, everything. Like I have the picture, I have a picture of my husband um, reading the paper, like this is your wife's treatment plan. and, and. and they were like, they were taking my blood and I just snap it from, from my chair. And it's just such a raw and real thing. And like, yeah. I didn't know there was a breast cancer community. Oh, like, me I neither. Didn't, I didn't know people counted chemos. I just thought it was natural. I'm like, chemo number two, three, four, five, you know? Yeah. Like, and then you start finding, following hashtags and you're like, because I don't know about you, but I felt like I had an older woman's disease. Oh, I, me too. Nobody... I, felt, mm-hmm. I felt alone. I felt, and I think that was my thing too, was I felt um, not, I mean, almost just, I felt like I was just going to be alienated in a way because I felt like, how am I supposed to relate to anyone? How is anyone supposed to relate to me? I did not know one person that was diagnosed with breast cancer. Like I had maybe heard about it, like a teacher, a high school teacher that I had was diagnosed with breast cancer but she was in her sixties. Like I didn't know anyone was getting diagnosed with this disease young. And all I had ever learned about was breast cancer is hereditary, you know, like breast mm-hmm. cancers in mm-hmm. your family. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there and I'm like a freaking detective, like just badgering my parents. Like, did anybody in your family have breast? Like, I'm like, how do you not know? And everyone, everyone's like, no, Kelsey, no one had breast cancer not any, like, we don't know of anyone in our family that's had breast cancer. And so I'm just thinking, I'm alone. I'm alone. This is it. I'm alone. And I did the same thing. I was like, first I went to Google and I found blogs, but I was like, okay, she's not, she's not like me. She's, she's a lot older. Her kids are older. Cause at first I was thinking I need resources on how do I talk to my kids? Um, how do I tell them? My youngest was two at the time. My oldest was seven. So I was like, how do I get this across to them? Um, How do I prepare them for me losing my hair? Uh, How do I do all these things? And I just wasn't, I wasn't finding that. So then I was like, all right, next best thing. Let's go to Instagram. Same thing. I'm typing in hashtags and I'm like, all right, I got to find somebody that resembles a young person. Like Mm -hmm. just, just a couple people that look young because I was just looking for I was looking for answers. I was looking for hope. I was looking for something that wasn't medical jargon. Like mm-hmm. I wanted somebody's real words and I wasn't finding as much of that 
as I thought. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I need to share this. I don't, I don't know if I want to share this. I don't know what I'm getting myself into sharing this, but I feel like I need to share this in hopes that it, it maybe helps one person to not feel so alone if they have to go through this. Yes, absolutely. And that, is that kind of where you came from? Was that like, well, like, you know, and, and I, I'm the kind of person that I want to know everything and I'm constantly learning. So like I am reading everything about triple negative. I am crying and bawling my eyes out and I'm having anxiety poops and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, I need, I I need to know everything about what's going, going on, what, what's happening to me. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I've been on, I mean, I had my own personal, uh, Instagram, like, like, this isn't my breast cancer Instagram. Like, this, like, I was talkish cheap before I had breast cancer. Yeah. Um, and um, I start searching breast cancer and chemotherapy and triple negative breast cancer. And I see some not so great accounts. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of negative, a lot of, yeah. like, I have cancer, I'm dying type thing. And I was like, no, no, like, that's not me. Like, I, I need to jump up and down and hoorah. And like, you know, like, let's do this yep. thing. Like, that's that's the energy that I need. Yeah. And um, I came across Nally Augustine. Yeah. And she was dealing with her recurrence of um, estrogen, uh, progesterone, uh, breast cancer. And mm-hmm. she was so positive. And I was like her, that's who I yeah. want to be like. I want to be like her. She gives me hope. She, she makes me feel like, oh my God, like this, this isn't going to, this isn't going to kill me. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to thrive after triple negative breast cancer. Yes. And I started, you know, connecting with people and I'm like, oh my God, like, like she was younger than me. And yeah, um, you know, like I'm not alone. There's girls out here that look like me and oh my God, there's girls out here that have breast cancer, just uh, triple negative breast cancer, just like me. And they're not 50 years old. And I don't have (laughs) an old woman's disease and, and breast cancer does go after young people. Yep. Yep. And so I start finding different organizations that support young women and breast cancer. And I find out that they were doing, um, this one group was doing a meetup and I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, how awesome, how awesome. So I'm like, I got to go to this. So I go to this and we sit around in a circle and we exchange stories and, um, I come to find out a lot of the girls that were there, um, they didn't have breast cancer. They were providers. So they had the genetic mutation um, for breast cancer. So they removed their breasts or maybe their ovaries to lessen their risk of breast cancer. And then Mm -hmm. the girls that did have breast cancer, they didn't have my breast cancer. Right. So I'm at this event with all these young women and I feel alone again. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I need to talk to people that, that are triple negative. And, and I want to find yep. someone that's stage three triple negative. And, and if they're doing well, like, like, like that's, that's what I mean. Like everyone I'm finding, they're not triple negative and not, you know, <laughs> no. 
Yeah. So, um, so I decide, so I'm talking to a friend and I was like, you know what, we, we, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. We, we, you know, like, this is terrible. And they're like, yes, like we have nothing. And that was my friend Kate. And unfortunately, um, she passed away from, uh, triple negative breast cancer. And when she passed, it's almost like she gave me a vision and I was like, she always said to me, she's like, we need to have our own group. And so she passed and I go, I'm making a group, making a platform for women with triple negative breast cancer because there's nothing out there for us. And I'm like, I'm like, I got to think of a name. I'm like, guys, (laughs) making stories. I'm like, guys, help me with a name. And triple CNBC Thrivers is born. And, but the vision I had from the get-go was like, hey, this, this isn't about me. This is about us. Yeah. And I'm going to share stories about you guys. And we're all going to uplift each other. Because I know there's, sto- there's great thriving stories out there. And people yeah. need to read them. Because yep. when you think about it, people write reviews when they have a bad experience, right? Yeah. So you'll read, oh, this restaurant was disgusting and my steak was overcooked and (laughs) they were so rude and you know but like the chances like if you had a good experience you don't really read it yes yeah the bad always outweighs the good always but yeah we need to you know we need to flip this franchise around you know what I mean like we need to show people that like okay I'm sorry that you are triple negative now but you know, the worst, uh, the worst situation, the worst club with the best people in it, you know, yep. type things. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it's so important and I'm so glad that you said that because it's not just, um, I mean, opening up about my breast cancer story on Instagram and my blog and podcast and just talking to women has opened up so many more conversations that really have nothing to do with cancer as well, which I've really appreciated because I feel like, um, you know, all I can talk about is cancer, not all I can talk about, but I can only relate that trauma to cancer. I've, I have like you, I've was, I've never been diagnosed with anything else. Um, very healthy kid, healthy young adult until of course cancer. But, um, you know, I, I didn't really understand how much more other people are going through. They're just not willing to talk about. And a lot of people want to talk about these things and connect, but they don't know how. And they're just kind of like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to start. Um, And I feel like we can relate on so many different levels. It doesn't have to be cancer. It can just be a shitty situation, but being grateful for a positive outlook, for a positive attitude, for just moving forward, for keeping the momentum of life going instead of just stopping. Because at any point, we all could have just stopped. Like, oh, we could have been like, for y- y- sure. Yeah. And, and I think it does, it does. Like, sometimes I have to, I mean, and we were talking about this before we started recording is just, you know, there's that hole that you can easily fall back into. And there's so many times that I'm having that rough day or, you know, like a couple weeks ago, I'm in the shower 
and I like about to shave. I'm like, I think I'm washing my armpits or I'm about to shave my armpits or something. And something in my armpit hurt my right armpit. Cause my left one is just completely numb after surgery. But I'm like, man, that's really weird. There's a bump there. There's something there. Oh my God. And immediately I start freaking out, like hyperventilating, just like, Oh my God, what could it be? Oh my God. And I get out mm-hmm. just naked and just run to the mirror. And I'm like looking I mean, it turns out it was a pretty bad ingrown hair, Okay, but <laughs> I mean, like for that split second though, all of that, all of those emotions rush back in, like all of that, it could have, I could have just let it consume me. I could have just let it just build and been like, oh, woe is me. I can't even believe that I can't even shave my armpits without thinking of breast cancer or I can't do this. And you kind of get into that cycle of this isn't fair. Why me? All of that Mm -hmm. stuff. But then I get on Instagram and I'll see one of your posts or your, or you'll just make me laugh in your stories about boobs or something. I have an unhealthy obsession. (laughs) You know, or you just see something and it'll just, it reminds you like, no, like I've, I've already been there. Like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go back there if I don't have to. So like I gotta, I gotta move forward. And that's why I like, I think it's so important to share your story. Um, and for, like you said, to, to make an entire group dedicated to a community where people can go to find information, the real information, not the sugar coated information or the medical information or the, the Debbie Downer information. Yeah, no, Just there's the a lot of real, that. You know, the real process of this is what it's like to be diagnosed. This is what it's like to live it every day, but this is what it's like to hopefully come out the other side. I, um, going back to Googling and going on YouTube and seeing these stories about these women doing great. And then all of a sudden they weren't, and then they passed. My mom became my best friend in treatment. I called her every single day because I, I felt like I was dying. Yeah. And I said to her, I was like, Mom, I found this girl and she was doing good. And now she's got cancer in her brain and she's gone. And I'm like, oh, yep. you know, and she yep. goes, Kelly, you don't know their story. Mm-hmm. You don't know her treatment. And her story isn't your story. And that always stuck with me. And I was like, thank you. That's probably the best thing anyone has ever said to me. And so I always remember that. And I convey that to so many people whenever they find it relevant. So the nitty gritty of cancer is there's no two cancers the same. You can have (laughs) two triple negatives. Same staging, same treatment, and get two totally different outcomes because cancer sucks, and that's just just how it is. And if you're listening to this and you fall into that rabbit hole and you hear news about a celebrity or maybe a friend that you knew that succumb to cancer or breast cancer and it puts you in a really bad spot and you're like, that's going to be me. I need you to pump the brakes and say, their story's not my story. Yep. We can only control what we can control. And that's just what we have to focus on. And that's what 
I have to focus on like all the time is that, you know, so many things are out of our hands and we're trying to control them, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's, you know, <laughs> cancer, just our health, our jobs, whatever it is, like, we can't just bring ourselves and lower our immunity to give in to the anxiety. And I think that's hard, especially in the cancer community, when you hear reoccurrence rates and when you hear same thing, somebody that you know has had a reoccurrence um, and they were diagnosed mm-hmm. with the exact. My favorite Robin Roberts quote, everybody's got something. And so I just, I mean, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with um, TNBC and all of the commu- the community, but not just the community that you speak to, what you speak to on a platform and a voice um, that gives so much to so many who maybe don't want to talk about their diagnosis, but they don't feel so alone because you're sharing yours. Such a great insight. And I'm so happy that you came on today and shared your story. I'm so grateful that I found you on Instagram. um, And just everything that you're doing is amazing. So keep fucking doing it. Oh my God. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. I really appreciate everything that you do for our community.